So this morning's passage is all about being away from home. It's about being in exile, which is the place where you're not in the land that you know. And so it felt really strange to sit at home and record today's talk. So I hope you don't mind, but I've come out to the forest uh, to find some space to film this today. I want to start this morning by asking you a question. Have you ever been homesick before? When I think about this question, the story that I go back to is when I was in year seven at school. And when I was in year seven, I did a school French exchange. And I remember being really, really homesick. I think a bigger part of it was that I was in a country that I didn't know. It wasn't just about being away from home. It was the fact that I didn't know the language. I didn't know the culture. And I just felt really, really overwhelmed. So I wonder if that's an experience you can relate to. Have you ever felt homesick before? Have you ever felt lost, disjointed, disconnected? This passage we're looking at this morning starts with Peter calling the reader exiles, foreigners. And this, this idea of exiles is what I really want to dive into this morning because it's so key to understanding this whole passage. And it's a huge theme that runs throughout the whole of scripture. The first thing I want us to draw out of this passage this morning is that exile is the place where faith goes deep. Let me explain. This theme of exiles goes all the way back to the Old Testament. God's people are conquered by Babylon, the empire of the day. Suddenly, they are no longer in their own land. They are having to live out their culture, their traditions, and their faith in a whole strange new world. They are the minority culture, not the majority. They are like foreigners in their own land. Being in exile is like being homesick. Exile is a place of isolation. It's a place of feeling disjointed. It's a place of feeling lost within the world that you know. But being in exile for God's people in the Old Testament was also a place of transition because they held true to the promises of God. They knew that things were difficult now, but it would not be this way forever. In exile, the minority culture of God's people collides with the majority culture of Babylon. Exile is that place where it's hard to follow God. Think about it this way. It's a little bit like trying to swim across a really wide river. As you're swimming across the river, you could be swimming as hard as you can. And sometimes it's difficult to tell how much the current is pulling you downstream. You could be swimming your, you, you could be swimming your absolute socks off and yet it feels like you're standing still because of the way the current is pulling you downstream. That's what it's a little bit like for the Israelites in exile. They are the minority in a much wider river of culture. So this is the reality faced by God's people in this part of the Old Testament. They are living in that place where it's really hard to follow God. So fast forward to the time of Jesus and there is a new empire in town, the Roman Empire. And the early church finds themselves in a really similar position to the Israelites in exile. They are suddenly the minority culture inside the vastness of the majority culture. How do they live as radical followers of Jesus in this culture? Exile is the place where it's hard to follow God. My first encounter with God was in year seven or year eight. And I encountered the radical person of Jesus. And my first reaction was to tell all of my friends about what had happened. I really quickly discovered that being a Christian in a secondary school was a really hard place to follow God. Because living life as a Christian in our culture today and in, and in places like secondary school is really hard work. It's really hard to be a follower of God 
when we are a minority in a majority culture. In many ways, it's like we're living in exile. We talk about as living in a post-Christian or post-Christendom world. And what this means is we've, we've shifted in our society. Several hundreds years ago, the church and Christianity was at the center of the fabric of what made society. And now society has become more and more secular and Christianity has been pushed to the fringes. We are living in a post-Christian, a post-Christendom world. And what that means is, yet again, we are similar to God's people in Israel uh, in the Old Testament and similar to in the New Testament with the early church. It's like we're living through exile again. We are living in that place where it's hard to follow God. It is hard to follow the commandments of Jesus. And never has this been more true than of 2020. In this year, our patterns of worship and rhythms of devotion have been disrupted. And so more than ever before, it's really hard to be a follower of God. It's a, it's a bit like we have been sent out into the wilderness. It's like we're living in a foreign land. You only have to walk around the high street for five minutes to feel like we're living in this weird foreign land. With face coverings and social distancings, never before has the world we live in felt so strange. But all is not lost. All is not lost because it is in exile that we see people's faith go deep. We see this in the Old Testament and we see this in the New Testament. We see this even in the life of Jesus. It is the place of exile where people's faith goes deeper than ever before. But how? How does people's faith go deep in exile? Well, the key, and this is my second point, the thing I want to draw out of this passage is it's about our response to exile. How do we respond to the reality in which we find ourselves? And there are two obvious responses. Response number one is to rebel, fight back against the culture, stand up against the empire to rebel. Option two is to compromise, to blend in to merge with the culture, to compromise to every area of culture. But, but in the book of Jeremiah, we see him present a third way. In Jeremiah chapter 29, he says this, build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and daughters in marriage so that they too will have sons and daughters. Also, this is verse seven, also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile, pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And then in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 10, it says this, when 70 years are complete for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come to me pray to me and I will listen. You will seek me and find me with all of your heart. I will be found in you. Jeremiah is encouraging the Israelites to settle down, to bed in, to seek the peace and prosperity of the city in which they find themselves, but to seek God as well, to call upon God, to focus on God, to seek God with all of their hearts, to trust the plans he has for them, even though they're in a difficult situation. This third way, this third way that Jeremiah presents, it's not of rebellion and it's not of compromise. It's of loyalty to God. It's living a life with such conviction within the culture in which you find yourself. 
We see this really clearly in the book of Daniel. If you've never read the book of Daniel, it is a fantastic read and it's not a long book. I want to encourage you to dive into the story of Daniel. But Daniel is one of these young Israelites that finds himself in the place of exile and his story is incredible. The way he stands up for what he believes in, he engages with the culture of Babylon and yet sticks true to God's commandments, sticks true and seeks God in the midst of exile. We see this same model presented in verse 12 of our passage from 1 Peter. It says this, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God. This is the third way. This is our response to exile. It's not the way of rebellion against the culture. It involves an engagement with the culture rather than trying to distance and detach ourselves from it. But equally, it's not the way of compromise. Part of our vision for Youth Church is that we would release young people to not be influenced by culture, but be influencers of culture. It's about at every crossroads and at every area of culture, turning to God and saying, where are you in this? God, what are you doing in this part of society, this part of culture, this shift that we're seeing? As God's people, we are called to live differently and to live lives distinctively. So what is your response to the culture in which you find yourself, to the world around you? When you find yourself in that place where it's hard to be a follower of God, in a place of exile, how do you respond? What is your gut reaction? I think in this pandemic that we're living through right now, there have been many elements of our culture that have been completely accelerated. We have been thrust into the digital age in a way that we may never have expected. Some of us kicking and screaming. I don't think screen time has probably ever been so high. I saw an article in The Guardian a couple of weeks ago that talked about how YouTube is set to overtake the BBC as the main media source for 16 to 34 year olds. And this is a huge shift. At the average in that age category, the article went on to say, was that the average person in that age category consumes 43 minutes of YouTube content every single day. We are living through a huge shift in how we engage with the world around us, and that has been accelerated by the pandemic. For some of us, that leaves us feeling even more disjointed and even more homesick than perhaps ever before. We are truly living in this time of feeling like exiles in a culture that we barely recognise. So what is our response when we're pressed by the culture that surrounds us? Is it of rebellion? Is it of compromise? Or is it finding a third way? A way of engagement and interaction, but not full integration. I think it requires us to be continually reflective at each cultural crossroad to be asking, where are you, God? What are you doing in this, Lord? But this can be really hard, to stand for what we believe, to engage with the culture but not compromise to it can be really tough. Living in a land where it's hard to follow God is tough. So how do we do it? How do we keep going when the pressure comes, when it feels like we're facing opposition, when it feels like we're in the wilderness, when we're on our own, we're dislocated, we're homesick, we're isolated. 
And how do we find that third way that's not of rebellion and it's not of compromise? I think the key comes in this very passage from 1 Peter. Verse 21 says this, Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. You see, Jesus gives us this model of living life in the culture, but being distinct to the culture. Verse 23 to 25 of our passage says this, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he trusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his words you have been healed, for you were like sheep gone astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Peter here is reminding the reader to look to Jesus. If you read the gospel accounts, there are so many stories of where Jesus responded, not in a way of rebellion, but not in a way of compromise. He finds a third way. Jesus would always engage with the culture. He would start a conversation. He would engage with the issues, but he would never compromise. Some of the things that he said and did were really testing the culture of the day, but he always found a way to respond in love and compassion. It was never all out rebellion and it was never complete compromise. Jesus was the, was the master of finding that third way to respond to the culture in which we find ourselves. So, what does this mean for us today? How do we respond to this challenge of living as exiles? I think there are three things to take away from this passage. The first is that exile is the place where faith goes deep. Yes, exile is a really hard place to be, but sometimes it's exactly where God intends us to be. The second is about finding that third way to respond to exile. It's, it's about engaging with the culture, but not compromising to it. It's not the way of rebellion. It's not the way of compromise. It's another way. And the third thing is this. We look to Jesus in all that we do. We're using Jesus as our model. Jesus was able to engage with the culture and not compromise to it. He always responded with grace and love and truth. And so the third thing is to look to Jesus as we respond to the world around us. So as we respond this morning, I want to invite you to think about those places where your faith and culture collide. Those places in your life where it feels really hard to follow God. Hello, me again. So just slightly awkward. Uh, I have been wandering around the woods for a little while, finding different spots to film in, and I'm now kind of lost. I can't remember where the car is. So I thought I ought to capture this on film because it's a really good illustration of feeling lost and disjointed and homesick and not where you're supposed to be. So God sometimes gives us surprise illustrations for our messages. Um, I'm really hoping I find my car quite soon. <laughs>